Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please sit down. So this passage from Matthew seems very apt, considering the rain and wind and floods that the country has seen in recent times. I have friends who have experienced flooding in the past and know that they're susceptible to it again. When Jane and Alec were flooded, the water covered the whole of the downstairs living space. All their treasured memories were lost forever. Jane was rescued from the bedroom window over the shoulder of an apparently rather good-looking fireman. And she still asks the question, why couldn't this have happened when I was a single 20-something instead of a married 60-something? Kate and Martin had a similar experience, though didn't need a fireman's lift to get out of the house. And as I looked at today's Gospel reading, where Jesus uses the analogy of firm foundations to make his point, I recalled how differently the two couples dealt with the aftermath of that flood. Case and Martin went to a great deal of trouble to see what they could do to limit the damage should there be a reoccurrence in the future. They literally went back to the foundations well, maybe not quite literally, not quite down, but as far as they could, they, they, they started from the bottom and they took advice from an architect. And now they've raised the floor in the kitchen and the dining room. They've done away with carpets and tiled the whole of the ground floor, including the living room. Now the only room that water is likely to enter is the living room where they no longer keep things that are precious and irreplaceable and there's enough warning to move the furniture into the raised dining area before it gets, gets damaged again. And they have peace of mind that they've done all that they, they can do. They no longer worry about future flooding. They know they can't stop it, but they've made some firm foundations to protect themselves and their precious belongings. Jane and Alec, on the other hand, quickly restored their house to its exact same pristine state without taking any precautions to minimise future flood damage. And of course now every time that we get extreme weather, they fear a repetition of the previous occasion. It's good to have the kind of peace of mind about the security of your house that Kate and Martin have. But it's even more important to be certain about our spiritual house and the storms which might come against us spiritually. And that's what Jesus talks about in this passage. 
as he brings the Sermon on the Mount to a close, he says that there are two kinds of spiritual houses. You can either, you can have either a house built on the rock or a house built on the sand. He shows us the importance of having our house built on the rock spiritually. And he teaches us exactly what that means. So notice in this passage that the storms were the same for both houses. Jesus said the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. He tells us the same trials came to both of them. They both had rain, they both had floods, and they both had winds. And so we learn from this that if we Christians are, that we Christians are not exempt from the trials of life if we build our house on the rock. As Christians, we will still get illness, still have problems with our jobs, our marriages, our children. We still have rain and floods and wind. The message of Christianity is not just to ask Jesus Christ into our hearts and everything will be smooth and easy from this day forward. That's a false gospel. And we set ourselves and others up for bitter disappointment if that's the message that we give. It's just not true. There is rain and floods and wind for everyone in this life. Those who build their life on the rock as well as for those who build their life on sand. The storms of life are common to us all. The difference is not that we don't have storms as Christians. The difference is that as Christians, we have a foundation that holds us up through the storms. When we do experience the rain and floods and winds and all the trials in our lives, we will still have a peace, a strength, and we'll stand and not fall if we have built our lives upon the rock. Many people think that building your house on the rock means saying that Jesus is your rock. Well, saying that is a great confession of faith, but it's not quite what Jesus means. Remember his words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So just saying Jesus is our Lord is not building our life on the rock. And Jesus gives a specific example of what building our life on the rock means. He says the man who built his house on the rock is an illustration of the person who hears these words of mine and acts upon them. And he says the man who built his house on the sand is a picture of the man who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them. So in a nutshell, building our house on the rock means doing 
what Jesus says. Building our house on the sand means not doing what Jesus says. The only difference here is doing or not doing what Jesus says. Coming to church every Sunday is not building on the rock. There has to be more to it. We have to understand that both men in this story heard Jesus' words. The difference was not that one man came and listened to Jesus and the other didn't. The difference was not that one of them went to church and the other one didn't. No, Jesus says they both heard his word. They both might have gone to church. The difference is not that they didn't both hear his words. The difference is that one heard and did what he said and the other also heard, but did not do what he said. So here, at the end of the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, there is one thing you've got to understand. Merely hearing what I have just said in this message is not enough. You have got to do it. In the book of James it says, but, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not me merely hearers who delude themselves. So how do we do this? Well, when Jesus was walking on earth, he taught that building your life on the rock meant that if he told his disciples to do something, they would do it. When he told Matthew to leave his tax office and follow him, building his life on the rock meant getting up, leaving his office and following. When he told the disciples to take the loaves and bread out to the multitude, building their life on the rock meant getting the baskets and taking the bread out. They just did what he told them. But things are different today. Jesus is not physically present with us, giving us his commands. But he has given us his commands in words. In our Advent reflection this week, we were reminded that the present time of anticipation is not passive. So today, if we seek to build our life on the rock, then perhaps we can use this time of waiting in anticipation to read, listen and absorb God's word regularly so that we know what instructions he's giving us and we can strengthen our ability to become the doers of his word. Amen.